What is Christmas Eve without a reading of the Christmas story? I invite you to join with me as together we read Luke 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Rightly so. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. For many of us, this particular telling of the birth narrative from Luke is one that we've heard before. It is the go-to Christmas passage. And, as is often the case with things we grow accustomed to, there is probably some comfort for each of us to find in this passage. We know this story. As we read the words and as we imagine the story unfolding, a familiar, comfortable feeling settles around us. Often, that is what Christmas itself brings, a comfortableness, a relief. Ah, Christmas, I know this. I know what to expect about Christmas. When we celebrate a holiday in a similar fashion year after year, we fall into comfort, into an ease of knowing what is to come. We follow traditions. 
Traditions like putting up a tree or baking cookies, hanging up lights on the roof, wrapping gifts, following along on our Advent calendars, drinking hot chocolate, one of my personal favorites. Traditions like attending Christmas gatherings and picking out the best white elephant gift for the gift exchange. These are all parts of the season. They're things that anchor us, things that kick us into gear. It's like when our finger fi finds the dial on the radio and turns it to the Christmas station the day after Thanksgiving. And on Christmas Eve, we grab our Bibles and we read this story from Luke. We don't even always do these things intentionally. They're just part of the tradition, part of what we do around this season. And as we read the Christmas story, often we find ourselves breathing a sigh of relief because there's comfort to be found here. There is comfort in this story. It's familiar, it's warm, it's full of hope. It's the beginning of a beautiful story that still continues in each of us right now. And still, as Jesus' birth unfolded in real time, it was anything but comfortable to the people who were there. Life-changing? Yes. Memorable? Yes. Earth-shattering? Definitely. But comfortable? Jesus' birth turned the world upside down. The first four verses, five verses of Luke's passage that we just read mentions that word register four times. Four times in five verses. Did you catch it? We, as readers, are not to forget the real reason that Mary and Joseph have made this journey. They're living under Roman rule. They are only in Bethlehem because of the political systems forcing them to travel, to take part in the census. Mary and Joseph are not going on vacation. They probably never would have even left Nazareth if it wasn't for the census. They're under someone else's power. This story isn't comfortable. The Holy Family is not given an exception just because Mary is about to give birth. There is no exception for this family, even though Mary has been visited by an angel and told that she and Joseph will raise the Son of God. The world doesn't seem to care about their story or the calling that's been placed on their lives. Mary and Joseph must travel under hard, uncomfortable situations. And even if Mary and Joseph were the type to broadcast their situation to everyone, that they've actually talked to angels and had these intimate conversations, the world would have doubted a young, unwed woman to carry the child of God. 
a carpenter to raise this child as his own? In the Roman Empire, kings or leaders were born into royalty, or they conquered their way to royalty. Even in the religious world of Judaism, outside of the Roman customs, kings were expected to live in a certain way. They were expected to be chosen in an expected way. A baby king? That's unsettling. It's unusual. It was anything but comfortable. Most of our Christmases aren't really as comfortable as we make them seem. Yes, from the outside, our gifts are wrapped beautifully. From the outside, our cookies smell delicious. From the outside, our teacher gifts look Pinterest-worthy. From the outside, our Christmas card looks flawless and impressive. From the outside, our outdoor decorations outshine all the others on the street. But for most of us, the reality is much different. Some of us may be holding on by a thread. Some of us may be smiling and laughing with our families, but crying in the bathroom. Some of us may feel lonely. Some of us may be anxious. Some of us may just feel kind of stuck in the middle. We all have our own stuff going on. We all have plenty of reasons to cling to Jesus' birth and to claim it as something that brings comfort into our lives. And we should. Because when our families feel broken and our children are crying and we seem to be holding the world on our shoulders, the birth of Christ in a manger on Christmas Eve reminds us that big, beautiful things can happen in small, ordinary places. This is our good news. We don't have to be perfect to know that we are loved by God. We don't have to have it all together to be welcomed into the body of Christ. We are welcome to bring all of our discomfort and to remember that God came to us in the form of a baby, that Jesus lived his life on earth as a human, and that God sees and claims each of us. In Luke's passage, after all of the scripture about registering and the politics of the day, we get two brief verses about Jesus' birth, and then we get that memorable scene where the angels come to the shepherds in a field. Angels, powerful, majestic creatures of God, and shepherds, lowly, wandering, smelly people. Angels and shepherds, a baby as a king, the mighty and the weak, a new way of life born in a manger 
because there was no room at the inn. God works in this uncomfortable way. For better or worse, we know these systems. We know that they exist in our life. We know that there are rankings that happen around us, smart or slow, rich or poor, beauty or plain. Jesus came to the world to turn it upside down, to show us that this old way of life is not sustainable, that that's not the way the world was intended. Jesus' birth shatters the world's understanding of how things work. Shepherds are the first to know of the birth of Christ. The powerless are given the seat of honor. They're the ones who are addressed by angels. The Israelites promised one that they've been expecting and expecting is born in an unexpected place in the form of a baby. This Christmas, may we lean in to that discomfort, to the discomfort that happens in this story. Yes, of course, let's hold on to the beauty of the birth and the celebrations of the angels and the shepherds and the wisdom of Mary pondering all of these things in her heart. And let's also be moved by Christ's birth. This Christmas, let's cling to the unexpected. Let's push back on the myth that we have to be perfect or have everything together in order to claim our identities as children of God. We are still loved by God just as much now as we ever were. Even in our ugliest moments, God still loves and claims us. This Christmas, I invite you to join me in acknowledging that the world is hard and still Jesus overcomes. Jesus brings light to the darkness, gives voice to the powerless, and offers hope to a really weary world. This is the good news of great joy. Jesus was born so that we may all truly know what it means to be loved by our creator. May we continue to find comfort in this story, and at the same time, may we continue to find wonder at this baby born in a manger who turned the world upside down. Amen. <laughs>